0: Romans chapter number 12, we're in our series, Back to the Basics, and as we endeavor as a church to get back to uh, our schedules, get back to the things that we did before coronavirus, I wanted to preach a message that encourages us to get back to the basics of our Christian life, and certainly, serving the Lord is one of those basic things that we need to get back to. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is Romans chapter 12. Paul, of course, here is talking about uh, to uh, the Roman Christians here. And would you follow along with me as I read verse 1 through 11? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God." Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Verse 10 and 11, let's read together. Ready, begin. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Billy Bray was a Cornish preacher in England. He accepted Christ as his savior in 1823 just shy of 30. He was 29 years old. That picture there of him in the background is a church there that he started and built uh, way back in the 1800s. Before he got saved, Billy Bray was a drunk and he lived a life of debauchery. Like so many of us, before we met Christ, we lived a life like that. But he came to Christ and Christ saved him. Miraculously, he was saved. And for the rest of his life, he lived With such an outgoing, such a wonderful testimony and a witness for Christ that he became known to others there in his community as God's glad man. One time he was digging uh, in his front garden, he was digging for potatoes and he began to be discouraged. As often we get when we serve the Lord or in the ministry or whatever, sometimes we get discouraged and he's discouraged, he's digging for these potatoes and and he said in a book, he said, it seemed like the devil was on my shoulder talking to me. And he said, quote, Billy Bray, God doesn't love you. If he did, he wouldn't give you such puny potatoes and so few. But Billy Bray didn't listen to the devil's temptation. He talked back to the devil. And let me teach you something right now. Sometimes you got to talk back to the devil. And all God's people said, hey, man, talk back to the devil. Not today, Satan. Let's practice that. Let's say it together. Ready? Not today, Satan. Boy, the barista at Starbucks makes you mad. Not today, Satan. Amen. Or uh, the guy cuts you off, and or whatever, or family problems, whatever. Not today. Not today. Sometimes in our service, we feel like we have small potatoes, and the devil whispers in our ear, "Why are you serving? Why are you trying? Is it worth it?" Sometimes Satan tempts us by thinking that we're not making us think that we're not worthy. He's the accuser of the brethren and sometimes Satan will tell you God can use someone else. God can use someone else to do that. There's somebody that could do that better than you and sometimes the devil talks to you about your small potatoes. Billy Bray, though, he answered the devil and he said this. He said, I served you long and true devil and no better servant could a master ever have than I was to you. But when I served you, you didn't give me any potatoes. When I served you, You didn't give me anything good for my efforts. Sometimes we don't get the results of our service like we want. Sometimes we get discouraged in our service. Sometimes we don't serve because we're discouraged. But let me just say this today. Let me remind us all that no matter what the results are from our service, the side effect is always the same. When we serve, the side effect is blessing. It's blessings of the Lord. How many of you have a medication you take and there's 15 side effects to it? Well, here's the side effect of serving the Lord. There are blessings when we serve the Lord. Today, I wanna share four of those blessings with you. It's not a long message today, but I hope it'll be an encouragement to you today as we consider the blessings of service. Let's pray. Father, I pray as we get back to these blessings of service, God, I pray that you would please remind us all And Lord, you created us to serve you. And maybe there's somebody here today who doesn't know for sure they're even on their way to heaven. They don't know for sure that they're saved. They don't know if they died today. They have no idea where their soul would be 10,000 years from now. God, I pray that before the message is over, they would accept you as their savior. God, I pray today for those of us that are serving you that might be discouraged, encourage us in the service. Maybe there's somebody here today, Lord, who knows they should serve and they have a desire to serve. I pray that you give them the strength and the courage and the ability to jump in by faith and serve you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. The first blessing that we see, if you're taking notes here, the first blessing we see from serving the Lord is found in verses one and two. We see that when we serve the Lord, number one, serving changes us. Serving changes us. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our what? Reasonable what? Which is our what? Reasonable Service. It's a reasonable service to serve the Lord. Why is my service to the Lord reasonable? It's reasonable because Jesus Christ gave his life to die on the cross for me. It's only reasonable for me to serve him. And so when I serve Christ and when I present my body a living sacrifice unto him, what happens is, is I begin to change. When I serve Christ, I begin to change. How many of you in the room today would say, I want to be more like Jesus Christ. How many remember back in the 90s, I want to be like Mike? How many remember those days? I want to be like Mike, and you got the, the shoes, and I remember my first pair of Jordans, and boy, I was, you know, I was five foot even, and boy, I could play basketball, let me tell you. And No, I couldn't. But anyways, we wanted to be like Mike, and maybe some of you want to be like Mike, but I want to tell you, there's somebody who we could definitely want to be like, and that's Jesus Christ. How many say, Pastor, I want to be more like him in my life? That's our goal. I want to be more like Christ. And so when we present our bodies a living sacrifice, is that not what Jesus did? He presented his body a living sacrifice, and he showed me by example to present my body a living sacrifice. Take your Bibles and go to Mark chapter number 10. Mark chapter number 10. I want to tell the parents in the room, if you have babies that cry and scream, I love it. I love it. I'm glad that you're here, and I hope you know that. We love babies in this room, and I would rather you guys are here and the babies cry, and then you're at home and watching Amazon Prime, amen? And so I'm glad that you're here today, and the babies don't bother me. I have four kids at home, and, uh, and they all cry. Anyway, so good, even the 14-year-old. Look at, uh, where are we at? Mark chapter, uh, I lost my spot here because I'm talking about something else. Mark chapter number 10, look at verse 42. But Jesus called them unto him and saith unto them, you know that uh, they which are accounted to rule over Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them if you know the context here christ is chiding his disciples a little bit because they're arguing who's the best who's the gra- who's the greatest who's going to be who's going to be number 1 number 2 up in heaven who's going to be the right hand man and they're having this argument about who's better who's the boss who's greatest and jesus says that's not really the focus of a christian of a follower of me look at verse 43 but so shall it be among you Whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. That word minister translates to the word servant. You will be the servant. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be what? Servant of all. You see in, in the world, the world they look at leadership like a like a pyramid. The boss is at the top and you have your your key leadership and then you have your, your managers and then you have your supervisors and then you have your... But see, that's in the world's economy, but in God's economy, you flip the... You flip the pyramid upside down. The servant of all is at the bottom, and he serves up. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. amen. If you're a Christian today, being a servant, that is God's design. That is Jesus' design for the church. Whosoever among you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus uses himself as an example that he is a servant of all. Not because he needed to be, not because he had to be, but to be an example to you and I. Because Christ knows that if we would serve others, we would get a blessing from it. He wants us to have that blessing of serving one another. We, as we serve Christ, our hearts and our minds change. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We become more. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. But the longer I serve him, the more I start to think like him. The longer I serve him, the more my heart is transformed into the heart of Christ. I love the song, more like the master, more like the master. I would ever be more of his meekness, more humility, More zeal to labor, more courage to be true. More consecration for work he bids me do. More like the master I would live and grow. More of his loves to others I would show. More self-denial like his in Galilee. More like the master I long ever to be. I want to be more like the master. And if I want to be more like the master, I need to serve. I need to serve. Because Christ was a servant. I mean, like that story in the Bible where Christ washes the disciples' feet. Isn't that a touching story? I've never washed, maybe other, maybe one of my kids, maybe when they were small, I've never washed anyone's feet. Don't plan to. Brother Weaver said you were a shoe salesman. Well, when I went to Lancaster uh, and when I was in high school, I, I sold shoes at Dillard's and JCPenney both. And, uh, and let me tell you, I've saw some pretty weird looking feet. Don't want to wash somebody else's feet. I love you, Brother Asprelli, but I ain't washing your feet, brother. But you know what? He said, that's okay, I'm fine with that. And uh, by the way, I don't want anybody washing my feet either. But you know what Christ did? He washed his disciples' feet. It was a, a sign, a showing of his servanthood. And I want to be like Christ. I, I don't Listen, I, I have role models in my life that I, I wouldn't mind being like in some way or another, but more than I want to be like a pastor chapel or more than I want to be like my father, even though I do want to be like him and I do want to be like others that I respect so much, I want to be like Christ. I want to be like him. And if I want to do that, I need to change because in my flesh... I don't like being the servant. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I don't want to be the servant, but when I become like like Christ, I become like Him. I remember when I was in junior high, uh, for the first time in my life, I visited a nursing home. I'm not talking about assisted living facilities. I'm talking about a nursing home where people who are there because they can't afford somewhere else or whatever. And, and I remember being in sixth, seventh grade, going into that room and seeing these people for the first time in their wheelchairs. Some of them bent all the way over. They can't sit up straight. Some of them, they don't have all their faculties. You know, you've been to these types of homes. And I remember my heart breaking seeing that. We went there as a school. I believe we went there to sing Christmas carols, if I'm not mistaken, to be a minister, to serve them. And I remember we walked in there and I, our, our class was singing Christmas carols, deck the halls with bowels of holly. And we were singing these songs and this lady reached up and she grabbed my hand with both hands. And I'm standing there, I'm a sixth, you know, sixth grade boy. My cheeks turn red because this lady's holding my hand. I'm like, what do I do? Do I pull it away? Do I keep holding? And I just stood there and hold her hand and she squeezed my hand so tight. I'll never forget, we got done singing and everybody was walking out and she wouldn't let go. And she said to me, she goes, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. I don't know how many nursing homes I've been in since then where I've met many people like that, just wanting somebody to spend some time with them. But that moment in my life, serving the Lord, even though I didn't do it on my own, I was forced to, serving, it changed me. I remember being on the bus route for the first time and watching drug deals and watching things happen in front of me. I'll never forget the day I walked up these steps and, and there were these boys up there drinking beer and they were obviously in a gang kind of clothes and stuff. And here I am, this little guy coming up there and, you know, hey guys. And, and so I started witnessing to them and got to see those boys get saved. And I'll never forget those moments in my life. They change you when you serve the Lord. It changes you, it changes you. I want to be like Christ So that's the first side effect, the first blessing of serving the Lord. You may have small potatoes, but it'll change you when you serve the Lord. Let me give you the number two here. Not only does it change us, not only does serving change us, but number two, serving connects us. Look at verse three through five. Paul says, For I say, the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man, notice this, the measure of faith. God has given you some faith. God has given you some grace, and he has given you some gifts. Look at verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, we're all members and have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body of Christ, and every one members of another. I was uh, uh, used to uh, help my dad. We We would set tile together. And uh, we would do that. My dad set tile for years. And, and when I got first married, I worked professionally in a commercial tile business. And I remember one day I was setting some tile and, and, uh, and I was putting up chicken wire on a wall. And how many of you have ever heard of a hammer stapler? I've never heard of a hammer stapler. I've never heard of that. All right, several of you. What it is, is it's a hammer that shoots a staple out when you hit the wall with it. And so here I am, I have this chicken wire and I'm going wham, 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 wham. And I'm going all the way down with this hammer staple. and I wasn't paying attention and I stapled my thumb to the wall. That was a fun day. And I remember I stapled it to the wall and out of reaction, I, I pulled my hand. Well, I didn't realize, but my thumb was stuck to the wall. So I yanked it out and I pulled it out and, and, and I had to pull that staple out of my finger. But you know what happened when I looked at my hand and I saw that staple sticking out of my finger? you know what I did? I just left it there for the rest of the day. No, I didn't. I went, ah! And I grabbed my thumb with my other hand. As the body of Christ, what connects us is our service. When we serve each other, it's like that hand grabbing the other hand. We are coming together. Serving connects us in a way that uh, that's... That doesn't happen any other way but serving one another. You're the body of Christ. You're the body of the believers. If you're a body of the Christ, would you say amen this morning? I am the body of Christ. And so when one part of the body hurts... I serve it. I help it. I I pray for the body of Christ. I serve the body of Christ. And it connects us together. I know many people, uh, they feel disconnected. Uh, They feel disconnected with life. They feel disconnected with friends, especially with this coronavirus being quarantined. Well, guess what? In the church, you will feel connected when you serve. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Peter chapter four. That's towards the end of your Bible, 1 Peter chapter number four, it's after Hebrews First Peter chapter four, look at verse eight, above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, as God has given you those gifts, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards over, uh, good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Think about this today. Friendship, camaraderie, Teamwork, fellowship, relationships, these are all things that are forged in service together. Hey, when you greet folks at the door, when you clean a restroom for somebody, when you hand out a bulletin, when you usher people to their seats, when you go out in the front and you sweep the cobwebs off of the sidewalk every single Sunday morning when I see those cobwebs, when you watch over the congregation in security, when you watch someone else's babies and take care of them, when you teach others' kids in Sunday school, when you vacuum the carpet so we can come to church, when you take a meal to somebody who's not feeling well, when you visit somebody at home or in the hospital When you take somebody aside to pray with them or you send them an encouraging test message, when you serve the body, you get closer to the body and you become connected. We connect with each other when we connect through service. And that is a great blessing. It's a great blessing. I love serving on the bus route with my bus route team. And we serve the Lord together. Brother Asp, brother, we served the Lord together for a little bit of time, but he was so much better than me, he took over. But anyway, I remember serving with that bus route team, and, and, and so we connect to each other. That's a byproduct of service. Let me give you number three. Not only does serving change us and connect us, but serving challenges us. It challenges us. Look at verse six, back in Romans chapter number 12, verse six. Look at what Paul says Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And Paul goes on, he talks about ministering, he talks about teaching, exhorting, he talks about giving and ruling and organization and showing mercy with cheerfulness. Every single person in this room, every person from the youngest to the oldest, God has gifted you with gifts that he has given you to give back. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You have gifts that I don't have. And I have gifts maybe that you don't have. But God has given us these gifts to use, not to keep to ourselves. Some of you this morning are very gifted financially. God did not grant me with that gift. I can eat a hamburger. That's a gift. Amen. But God has gifted some of you with financial, uh, financial ability and financial acumen. God has gifted some of you like these ladies and this, this, this uh, young man here that played the piano. God has gifted some of you musically this morning. God, I think about Brother Asprelli. God has gifted Brother Asprelli with the gift of organization and making things happen. And every single person in this room has gifts that God has given you. What are we supposed to do with those gifts? Use them. And all God's people said, Amen. Use those gifts. I don't know what those gifts are. Sometimes we have to search, but what serving does is it challenges us to use the gifts that God has given you. God has given you those gifts to use. He might have gifted you to be a a hospitable, to host people, to love others, to, to give, to organize, to clean, to encourage. God has designed you with many gifts and he expects us to use those gifts. Serving challenges us to use our gifts. Do you know what happens when we use our gifts? It puts us right smack dab in the middle of a miracle. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter number 14. As you're turning there, Matthew chapter number 14, how many of you have ever played on team sports? You ever played team sports? Raise your hand high. How many play basketball? How many play basketball? Raise your hand. All the basketball players. How many played soccer? Who plays soccer? All right, quite a few of you. How many of you play football? You play football. All right. How many play baseball? Okay? Now here's a question. How many of you in your life, you sat on the bench a lot like I did? Amen? The bench warmer. Amen. Matthew chapter number 14, look at verse 15. We're going to read about one of the most famous, one of the most amazing miracles in all of Scripture. Look at verse 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came unto him, saying, "This is a desert place. The time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go to the villages and buy themselves." Victuals, that's a Bible word for food, that they can go by, they can go to in and out and get themselves a double-double animal style. Look at verse 16. And Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. Now I can imagine the disciples looking at each other at this moment in time and thinking to themselves, what do you mean? We don't have a refrigerator. We don't have any kind of food. And look at verse 16. And Jesus says unto them, they don't need to depart. They can stay right here, give them to eat. And then verse 17, he says unto them, they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. Uh Uh-oh, here comes the miracle. Look at verse 18. And he said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes. And he looked up to heaven and blessed and break and gave the loaves. Notice this. To his who? To his disciples. And the disciples to the multitudes. And a few of them ate. Is that what it says in verse 20? No. And they what? Did all eat. They all ate and were filled. There was teenagers there, and they took up fragments that remained in twelve baskets full and they had uh, uh, and they that had eaten were about five thousand men beside women and children. We say the feeding of five thousand, but it could have been much, much more than that here's my point this morning. These disciples stepped out by faith when they said, well, we have five loaves and two fishes. But guess what? That wasn't their five loaves and two fishes. They're not the ones that multiplied the five loaves and two fishes. They didn't have anything to do with this miracle. All they were, Brother Ehrlich, they were just standing there. And God said, give this to the multitude. And they did it. And they got to be part of one of the most amazing miracles in all of history just because they were there. That's the kind of servant I want to be. I just want to, listen, I'm not very talented. I have a lot of problems and issues just like you do. But I know one thing, Brother Paul, I know what I can do. I can be there. I said, I can be there. If you're having church, I'll be there. If something's going on, I can be there. If a miracle's going to happen, I'm not the one that's going to make it happen. But I want to be there when it does. Oh, when we allow service to challenge us it puts us right in the middle of a miracle. Oh there's been so many miracles over the years here at this church and many other churches. I've seen miracles in my young life and you've seen miracles in your life and aren't you glad you're there to see it happen? For most of us we're not special. We're not rich or super talented. We don't have the ability to do miracles but we can serve. I said we can serve. Yeah. We're all special to the Lord, I understand, but we can serve. God has gifted you today. He's given you gifts to serve. What can you do with those gifts today? So lastly, so serving changes us. Serving connects us. Serving challenges us. And then lastly today, I see Paul tells us verse 9 through 11, serving centers us. You say, what do you mean by that, pastor? Let me explain it to you. Look at verse 9 through 11. Paul says this in Romans chapter number 12. Let love be without dissimulation. That means hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. God never calls the Christian to a life of imbalance. He always calls us to a life of balance. God has called every single person in this room, not just Brother Asprelli, not just these singers this morning, not just me, but God has called every person in this room to live a life of balanced service in their life. And all God's people said, amen. "Amen." God has called us all to a life of balanced service. I think some people, uh, they come and they, they give the excuse that they're busy and they don't have a lot of time and they can't serve. And may I just say this morning that God has given you just enough time in the day to do everything that you need to do and serve Him. God has given us enough time in the day. He doesn't call us to be unbalanced. He calls us to balance. You see, God, when He created me, He created me to serve. And when God created you, He created you to serve. And so when I am not serving, when I'm not doing what God had created me to do, my life is not centered. It's off balance. D.L. Moody When he read the words of Isaiah 6, 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. Here's what D.L. Moody wrote about that verse. He said, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And what I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do by the grace of God, I will do. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get overwhelmed. I look at our country. My heart breaks for our communities. I drive around Stockton. I live in Stockton and I I drive through there and I see... Homeless shelter after homeless shelter after homeless shelter. I see young people walking on the streets with no no purpose, nothing in their nothing going for them. I I see these things and I I drive up and down these streets. I see young couples with their kids and I, I see these people at Costco and, and and people after people and my heart breaks for my community. My heart breaks for Antica. My heart breaks for Stockton. My heart breaks for this area because there are people around us that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and there has to be somebody who surrenders to service that'll say I will serve my community I will do what I can and sometimes I get overwhelmed and I look at all of that and I think man I'm only one person how many ever feel overwhelmed like that you may be only one but you are one and you can't do everything but you can do something amen I don't know what it is in your life that you can do but you can do something and many of you do Serving God in our lives is vital. It's vital to keeping our hearts centered on the Lord. I think about what these verses are saying. Look at verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. You see, when we serve, it removes the hypocrisy out of our life. Have you ever met somebody that said that they loved you, but you knew they didn't really love you? Love you, brother. No, you don't. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't say things like that um, in my mind. But, uh, what, what serving does is it removes the hypocrisy from our love. Because there's, there's one thing to say, brother, I love you so much. But it's another thing to show you that I love you. It removes the hypocrisy. Let love be without dissimulation. When we serve the Lord, it centers us. It removes hypocrisy. It removes those things out of our life. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Serving helps us live a holy life. Because remember, verse 9 attaches itself up to verse 1. When, uh, verse 2, when we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, serving helps me live a holy life. I don't know how many people I've known over the years, they take a break from serving the Lord, and they never go back to it. And listen, I'm, I'm all, look, look, look at your pastor, I'm all for vacations. I'm taking a vacation next week. I'm all for spending time with your family. I love spending time with my boys. I love to fish. Uh, I love to do these things and enjoy life. I love gardening. I'm not talking about taking time for your own mental health. What I'm talking about this morning is taking a break from serving the Lord. And many people, they they take a break and they never get back into it. Why? Because they derail from their life. Serving the Lord. Listen, I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to encourage you today. One of the blessings of serving the Lord is it keeps us centered. I don't know how many conversations I've had in my office with men over the last six months or so, are on the phone, not just men in our church, but other pastors, other people. People have made this comment over and over again to me. I just, I feel off. I don't feel like I'm centered. I feel like I'm, things are not where it should be. Because here's what happened. When coronavirus came around, your ministry shut down. You're not able to do what you used to do. And what happens when we get, when we are not serving the way that we know that we want to and we desire to, we become off balance. So what's the antidote? What's the answer? Just get back to serving the Lord. And all God's people said, amen, whether it's handing out a bulletin or handing out a little cracker at the welcome thing or sweeping a sidewalk or being on security or singing in a group or vacuuming the carpet, serve the Lord, amen. I talked to a, an elderly gentleman. He walked out of the, the, one of our members, sweet, sweet man. And he said, pastor, he says, I've been in the middle of so many miracles simply by getting on my knees and praying. I thought that was a nice thing to say. You know, some of you this morning, you you physically can't do what you want to do. I know you have a heart to do it. You have the heart, but physically you can't, but you can be in the prayer closet serving the Lord. Amen? Serving each other and texting and sending messages. I'm praying for you. When we serve the Lord, God brings a holy harmony to our lives because we're created to serve. When we don't serve, we lose our sense of purpose. When we don't serve, we become, to become, we become unbalanced. So often in our lives, we become so much about ourselves because we're not serving. And when our life becomes about ourselves, we become unbalanced in our life. There are many blessings to serving God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on the blessings. I don't want to miss out on those heavenly side effects of serving God. Today, you might be thinking, Pastor, I am so busy. And I know you are. Listen, I know where we live Many, they, they commute many hours a week. I know you're busy. I know you have a full schedule. And I pray for you moms right now doing school at home with your kids. Lord, have mercy on your soul. Doing those, you know, click the zoo diddle and the, the, the finkle thing and you know, all these things that you're supposed to do as a mom. I'm praying for you moms. I know that we're busy. I know you have a job and I know you have bills to pay. But understand today that the benefits of a busy life do not weigh out the blessings of a harmonious life serving the Lord. Yes, if you're busy, yes, you're making money, and yes, you're going to soccer practice, and yes, those are all necessary things, but you're missing out on some of the greatest blessings in life, not serving the Lord. I think about this verse, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Did you know this morning that as a Christian, listen to me, I'm almost done, as a Christian, you can have it all. You can. You can have it all say, Pastor, what do you mean? This morning, it's possible to have a family, to have a career, to take a vacation once in a while, to get your lawn mowed, to do whatever it is that you need to do. You can do all those things and you can serve God at the same time. God does not call us to an unbalanced life. He calls us to a balanced service with our life. Charles Spurgeon said this, the ordinary duties of our calling are not called upon to forget. We're not called upon to forget. We are not to neglect the shop for the sanctuary or the counting house uh, for a class meeting. The legs of a fool are not equal, but the holiness of the believer should always be well arranged. Whatever our position in life may be, we are also ordered to conduct therein to commend ourselves for diligence and uprightness both to the church and to the world. The Christian is not to be a worse tradesman because of his religion, but a better. He is not to be a less skilled mechanic but he is to be all the more careful in his work. It were a pity indeed if Paul's tents were the worst in the store. It would be a pity indeed if Lydia's purple was the poorest dyed. You see, in your life, God has, you have many responsibilities, I understand, but God has called you to service as well, to serve him as well. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number six, verse 33, but seek ye what? Speak to me, church, but what? Seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, but the problem is we try to add all these things first and then give the leftovers to Christ. But Christ says, seek the kingdom of God first. What a privilege, what an opportunity, what a blessing it is to serve the Lord. Serving changes us, serving connects us, serving challenges us, and serving centers us. I read this quote of this this man, his name is Theodore Coyler. He was a leading minister, a pastor, and writer in the 1800s. Here's what he said. He said, we hope to be happy in heaven, but why not now? Why parse the word heaven in the future tense? The unselfish service of Christ and our fellow creatures is the beginning of paradise. The more we do for him here, the more we shall have of him up there. Open your ear to every call of duty. Open every door and window of your soul to the in streaming light and love of Jesus And your joy shall be full. We need to get back to the basics of serving the Lord. Let's pray together today, Father.